1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. Yes, I'm one of the three Stooges, and I welcome my other Stooges. Let's go over to, is that Tequila Cowboy over there? Uh, Brian Davis, are you hanging out with Todd Haley, if you're watching live on YouTube?
0: What's up, fellas?
1: (laughs) my gosh. Okay, Brian, I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, Dave, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm in that weird summer cycle where I'll do like go to bed early and get 10 hours of sleep one night. And then the next night I can't go to sleep and I'll get three. So I'm going off the three from last night. Cause, uh, they, they replayed the, the Steelers bears at 3. AM last night on ooh, NFL. So.
0: Ooh, never a good thing. Unless it's 1995. It was a 95 Steelers Bears. Oh, then Awesome. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I saw someone posted that on uh, a comment. It was a comment section. That I saw someone say, hey, if anyone's up, was it you, Dave, that wrote that? Or was it someone else? I'm not sure. He said, hey, on oh. the NFL Network, they're replaying 95's Bears-Steelers game. And I was like, well, that'd be worth checking out.
2: I saw that, but I think someone, I think they showed it in the afternoon yesterday, but I didn't catch it. And then, then I saw it later on. And then I'm like, oh, 3 a.m. Okay, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> Paying the price now. All <laughs> right. Yep. So very good. So as everyone knows, if you keep tabs with like behindsteelcurtain.com and uh, other sites that are obviously going to be uh, directly correlated to Steelers news, there is no Steelers news, and that is a tremendous thing for the black and gold faithful out there. Uh, there's no rest. There's no suspensions. There's no trades. There's nothing. They've, Players are gone. I assume that they're training. They're probably relaxing. They're getting ready. We are now down to, but by, by the time most of the people listen or watch this show, would be twenty-seven days until this, the players report to training camp at the end of July. It's coming up quickly, and um, it'll be pretty interesting to see. Hopefully, nothing else happens. But one thing I do want to discuss, and it's an article I'm going to publish tomorrow for the website, and that is a pro football focus. And a, a lot of people hate. PFF. They hate pro football focus. They can't stand it. They think their analytics are skewed. They think that um, the way that they go about their grading system is flawed. Look, I don't care. They spend and they spend so much time. They pour over stats way more than I do. And so they came up with uh, a ranking system. They ranked all 32 NFL rosters from best to worst. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit today because the Steelers, believe it or not, came in eighth, eighth on their list. Now, first, before we go into the details of how they describe the Steelers roster, the strengths, the weaknesses, the X factor, I want to tell you guys who came in first through seventh. So listen up, and I want to see get your feedback first on the rankings. And do you think it's where they should be? The Steelers are where they should be, or do you think they should be higher, lower, whatever? Number one, the New England Patriots. I know, I just threw up in my mouth. Number two, the Los Angeles Rams. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number five, the Chicago Bears. Number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. The seven, seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. And obviously number eight, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So guys, without getting into the details yet, what do you think about those rankings? Are they where they should be? Should they be higher
0: Well, you know i'm not sure if we're frozen or not but i'll go ahead and jump in um dave i'm thinking yep. with this whole ranking system we're looking at uh one through seven you know with the nfc i really can't argue too much the steelers are pretty much where i would put them in the afc because i really like um what the charger the the chargers rivalry with the uh kansas city chiefs right now those two are two of the top teams in the league. They're both getting stronger. Um, one of them, unfortunately, going to have to be a wild card, and possibly both of them. But what we're looking at right now, I'm I'm really thinking that uh, that the Steelers are the fourth best team right now in that entire conference. Because of course, you've got to put the Patriots there, Dave. Oh yeah, I mean, as much as.
2: Sometimes you wonder who is it on the Patriots? Do they really have much of an offensive line? Do they, or, I mean, do they have these other weaknesses? They still manage to win all the time. So I understand that their, their, um, would be pretty high. Um, I don't know that I'd put them number one, even though they won the Super Bowl. Um, like I said, I, I, I thought Kansas City would be higher than that based on, on just, you know, all the love that, that, uh, they get all the time. Maybe it's the question marks with uh, you know losing Hunt, and then who knows about Tyreek Hill. I know that that's exactly. having some that's really having some effect on um on. I'll talk about it more in Stat Geek of something where where it's really having an effect. But uh, I'm just shocked because everyone seems to be so in love with the Cleveland Browns that they didn't have them snuck in there above the Steelers somewhere. Not that I well, think they
0: it should be, but that they didn't do it. Well, that's a paper thing right now, and uh, good old paper champions bring back Lee Flowers uh, uh, <laughs> from way back when against the Broncos. Um, you know, I, I really think that uh, they kind of got the rankings on the AFC side right. The only team I would probably rocket them above, um, maybe the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the in the NFC, um, but definitely the Chicago Bears. So I would probably move them up to about sixth.
1: Yeah, the, the Bears for me, and sorry about the technical difficulties that's out of my control currently. Uh, hopefully that resolves itself. and We don't have any issues the rest of the show. Um, yet the, for some reason, I'm not sure why the Bears were so high on this list. Uh, I just don't trust the quarterback um, defensively. I mean, they lost their coordinator. He's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. You have to wonder if that'll play a role. But let's get into the specifics now of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The, the biggest strength that they list, and I say they, the pro football focus folks, uh, say that 2018 was far from Ben Roethlisberger's finest, but the Steelers have a shot as long as Roethlisberger's under center. Uh, despite his pro uh, proclivity for putting the ball in harm's way, the Steelers quarterback logged 42 big-time throws, second to only Patrick Mahomes, and his big-time throw percentage of 6.49 was good for fourth among the 30 quarterbacks who th- threw 300 or more passes. So, guys, do you agree or disagree that the biggest strength in 2019 is going to be number seven, Big Ben Roethlisberger? Dave, we'll start with you.
2: Oh, it has to be. That's just kind of how it how it goes. Um, it's been that way for a while. Um, everything goes through Ben. So that's. I mean, how many times is, does it really come down to? whether or not the Steelers win the game is if Ben's having a good game or not. You know, you can get by if there's a, if, if there can't, if they're having problems rushing the ball, or if one of the receivers is having problems catching the ball. But if Ben's having a bad game, it's,
0: but that's, that's the position as much as it is the person.
1: What about you, Brian? What do you think?
0: Ben has big shoulders. He really needs to show him off this year. He's going to. I believe it. I think, uh, I think they live or die with Ben. Of course, they need the defense to step up as well, but it all starts with Ben. So I agree with Dave. I agree with you.
1: Okay, so I yeah, it's tough to disagree with the biggest strength. Uh, biggest weakness, it says, once a jewel in the, in the defense-heavy AFC North, the Steelers' secondary failed to live up to expectations. Pittsburgh's cornerbacks and safeties combined to allow a passer rating of 99.5 on throws into their coverage. That rank wasn't just tied for the 20th in the league. It was also the team's second-worst single-season mark of the pff era or since 2006 of the eight players who have played at least 100 snaps last season only joe hayden graded above 70 so the steelers will be looking for improvement there next season do you agree with the pro football focus guys of saying the biggest weakness is the steelers secondary Let's go with Brian Anthony Davis.
0: Yes, it is the biggest weakest. I don't think it biggest weakness. Excuse me. I don't think it's as big as last year, though. I think they've done a lot of improvements there. I'm really happy with the improvements. Stephen Nelson being one of them. Um, just the fact that you have. Uh, a, uh, a guy like Terrell Edmonds with an entire year under his belt. He uh, he took m- most of the snaps, if I'm not mistaken, and Dave could probably help me out with this one, but I think he took all of the snaps on defense last year, hardly ever came out. This guy has grown. Sean Davis is in a contract year. And then you do have Joe Hayden, who is uh, up there in age, but he is still a, uh above-average cornerback and a team leader on that defense, so... Yes, it's their biggest weakness, but that's good because that weakness is getting a whole heck of a lot stronger.
1: Dave, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh when it comes to the snap counts, you were saying, were you saying Edmonds or Davis? They Edmonds. were Edmonds. He had a he had a ton of snap counts. Um, but he didn't play much in week one. Other than that, he was really high up there. Sean Davis had done almost every snap of the season until he missed week 17. So the two safeties did log the most snaps on the defense, even though they each, well, Davis missed the game and Edmonds basically didn't play much week one. But uh, I I think the biggest thing about the Steelers secondary is I'm going to say is unproven. I, I like their potential, but it's potential. And you know what Jeff says about potential. It just means that you haven't done it, but they haven't. They haven't. But I, I think with, with, with Stephen Nelson, you could see an improvement this year. But I think because it hasn't happened, that that's true, that, that this is their biggest
0: weakness.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the defensive side of the football, which is going to be the side that you look for with a weakness, inside linebacker is also a big question mark there, too. And I'm sure you know, they have the pro football data to back up their secondary pick. But at the same time... We don't know about Devin Bush. We don't know about Mark Barron. There's a lot of question marks there, almost, in my opinion, as many question marks as there is about the secondary. So let's get to the third part and the final part of their pro football focus uh, breakdown. And that's the X factor for 2019. And they say that is none other than Juju Smith-Schuster this is what they say. Now that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell have taken their talents elsewhere, this passing attack's hopes rest on the shoulders of the third-year receiver. The USC product had a breakout season last year as his 384 receiving yards from deep passes, which is a pass of over 20 yards or more, uh, were ninth most in the entire league, while his 660 yards after the catch was the best single-season mark by receiver since Julio Jones in 2015. It appears the sky is the limit for Smith Schuster, and he'll have to show he can do it as a true number one in 2019. This is a tough one. I think tougher than the other two. Would you agree that the X factor, offense or defense, falls on Juju's shoulders? Let's go with Brian first.
0: You know, I... I think he's so important next year, but my X factor is Chris Boswell. Actually, that kicking game had a lot to do with that 2009, 2018 season, um, going the way it did, um, had a lot to do with the way the 2017 season went the way it did, um, with that 13 and three record. So I really need think. Boswell needs to turn around. But as far as Juju goes, yes, he needs to prove that he's a number one wide receiver. I don't think there's going to be any problem, in that. Uh, problem with that. I think he has the tools. I think he's doing everything. The only thing he doesn't have, of course, is Antonio Brown. But if he has something from Dante Moncrief, something from Deontay Johnson, something from um, ryan switzer as well as i'm missing one there and it's james washington so if he has something from those guys to uh just take the onus and the uh the target off of his back then he's going to be fine and he's going to put up those numbers and uh vance mcdonald's going to take a lot of pressure off of him too so i really don't think he's the complete x factor i'm giving it to boswell
1: what about you uh dave
0: I like Brian's answer. My answer
2: was going to be what you had just said at inside linebacker, because there's just such a chance for it to be such a big thing, but it's so unknown that you don't know about Bush, you don't know about Barron, that uh it, it could be a strength or it could be your biggest weakness. That's what that's to me is what would make that an X factor. But I really like Brian's of Boswell to to go and follow up with what he's saying about Juju. He's spot on that that you of what you just kind of need from everyone else between all those other receivers and McDonald, really all you need is one guy, one guy that really steps up and has a fantastic year and two of them to turn out to be pretty decent. That alone right there is going to take it off of Juju big time. That, um, that, that, that's just, that's just how, it, and you, there's so many possibilities. Is it going to be Moncrief, it be Washington. Is it going to be, Uh, Deontay Johnson, is it going to be, I mean, could it be one of these, one of the the slot guys in Switzer or Rogers, or is it going to be McDonald? Uh, I mean, it could be any of them, but just just one of the guys that could come through and and be big time. So, Brian, I think we've lost Jeff. So, uh, and now I think Jeff might be back. (laughs) So.
1: Well, I, it is. I'm a, is. you might as well just call me Lance Williams. I swear. <laughs>
2: um,
1: yeah, I, I asked the question in the live chat uh, about the X Factor, and I wanted to get people's uh, thoughts on who they thought. And a lot of people said, like someone said Vince Williams. I could see that. Dante Moncrief, someone else said. Um, <laughs> this vodka Drinker says my X Factor is Coach Tomlin winning a challenge flag this year. That's something he hasn't done in a while. Uh, but then he said his inside linebacker play would be the one uh, that he would say. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, and I know that I can't, I think it's Ali who's always in the live chat that always makes fun of me for saying this, but I'm going to go a different route and say James Washington. Uh, because to me, a, they talk about Juju being the X factor. Juju can't be the X factor if james washington and or dante monker so you could te- technically in my opinion lump these two guys together if they're not doing their job and getting open they're not getting open and making plays and by all means it's going to be tough sledding for juju smith schuster um it, it's there's so many different x factors i this pittsburgh Steelers team is, is excited as i want to be about them there's a lot that scares me to death and I, i'm i know i'm not alone out there i am the eternal optimist those that know me know that i am the eternal optimist but at the same time, this team, there's so many question marks surrounding this team. Whether it's Chris Boswell, as Brian mentioned, whether it's the inside linebacker play, and we don't know what we have there. Whether it's can someone else outside of Juju smith schuster step up? Is the offensive line going to continue to just be as dominant as they have been? Or will age start to creep in with some of these players like Pouncy and Foster? Um, the secondary, are they going to actually be as as advertised all these questions just continue to come through my head, and it, it could be good or bad. I mean, it's a fine line between winning or losing in the National Football League. Look at 2017. How many of those games did everything kind of go their way? 13 and three. Last year, it seemed like everything kind of went against them, nine, six, and one. So, I, I, I would love to sit here on this show and say, I think this team's going to be dominant. They're going to come out and they're going to stomp mud holes in people. I just don't see it happening, at least not early. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to grind out wins, and we'll see what this team's made of because they did lose a lot. They lost a lot of production. That's important. While the team might be better in terms of the team atmosphere, I think that ultimately uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this 2019 team shapes up. Um, so let's go ahead and let's switch gears and go over to the Stat Geek segment with Dave. Hopefully, my internet connection will stay strong throughout this segment because I know he's, he prepped me earlier. He said, Wait till you hear the Stat Geek. It's going to be great. So take it away, Dave.
2: Oh, you're just going to love it because it's a lot of fun. And that was something I kind of mentioned with the whole time-rekill uh, thing um, is that I was looking up Vegas odds today and how they are really the biggest factor in, in week one of the NFL right now is whether or not he's going to be playing for the Chiefs because of the uncertainty there. But here's what I did. I just decided, you know what? Boy, it would be nice to to, to head to a uh, wonderful gaming facility and be this time of year that I would, I, I'd love to, while everyone's kind of down on the Steelers, uh, take, take take advantage of some of these lines that, that the Steelers might be facing this year. So I decided I was going to look up all the Vegas lines for all the Steelers games this year. Now, there's only one problem is that you guys might, may or may not know this, that they will not give a line for week 17. Right, uh, right. I think because of the whole notion of who's going to be resting and things like that, they won't do it what, this far in advance. But I was kind of able to estimate what that line would be. So I went through, and uh, if you guys remember, just on the, just the, not by game, but what's the prediction, um, Vegas-wise, for the number of wins for the Steelers for 2019? Do you guys remember what that is? Isn't it nine? I
0: okay,
2: was thinking nine. Book. Nine it is is nine. nine. You were you are exactly right. It is nine, but he, here's the better question. How many games right now of their fifteen games that are that are there are the Steelers favored to win? If you were going to be putting money on them right now, I'm going to go. I'm go I'm gonna Sorry, that was 12. for Felicia. <laughs> You're going to say twelve.
1: I'm gonna say twelve.
2: Okay, what do you think, Brian?
0: He's looking
1: up the odds right now. Hold on.
2: <laughs>
0: he probably is. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Actually, I'm on the live chat. <laughs> I'm checking <laughs> out the live chat for the first time ever. It's not looking good for Brian. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go around where Jeff is. Maybe eleven.
2: You guys are you're real close because there's two games right now that the Steelers have as pickems. They are zero line. So what, what they have now by game is 10 wins, two pick'ems and three games that they're not favored. So uh, you have any idea what games would be pick'em games right now? And I'll give you a hint. One's on the road and one's at home.
1: Um, is the first game against the Ravens at home or on the road?
2: The first game against the Ravens is at home.
1: I'm going to say that's a pick'em game.
2: Not Brian, right. you have any? Okay, uh, uh, do you want me to
0: respond to it, or do you want right. to try to <laughs> the, you, you let everyone's
1: guess? Brian can guess
0: the first game against the Ravens. That's he what thinks would be a Pickham game. Okay, it's um, wise, it is at home, and that's Week Five, I think. If um, you are correct. Yes, and uh, you know what? I mean, recently, that's it, got to be a Pickham game because recently they've been winning in each other's stadium.
2: That game, it's funny because I'm actually using that game to help predict what they would have for week 17 at Baltimore. That game against Baltimore, they have the Steelers at minus three. So they basically say that Baltimore and Pittsburgh a are a pick'em on a neutral field.
0: Yeah.
2: Because as, as we know, you get three you get three points for, for home field. So basically to move from home to away is a six point swing. So I estimated that the week seventeen game that they would be they would be picked to 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 be at plus three because if you follow that formula. And that formula does follow with Cincinnati and Cleveland perfectly with that with that six. So that is not a pick'em game now. Um the they the Steelers are favored at home in every game except for the one pick 'em game. And so who do you think would be the best team that they have them facing at home?
1: The Rams.
2: That would be the Rams. They have the Rams as a pick game. Okay. That is in week 10. Now, obviously, that'll change sometime between now and then. The other pick game is actually week three. At 49ers. Yep. At the 49ers. They have that as a pick game, but if you if you're a pick'em on the road, that's 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 not a bad place to be. That's saying right. that they they think you're the better team. They just don't know if you're that much of a better team. Um, now, with when it came to the Patriots, the Patriots opened at, at six and a half, but it has since moved. Uh, sorry, plus six and a half. Um, it has since moved to plus six. That's really the only one that's moving because that's all they're they're really doing. Um, my question is this. Oh, one more. Which game do you think the Steelers are favored by the most? Or do you think they're most favored to win? Arizona.
1: That's a that's in Arizona. I'm going to say home against Cincinnati.
2: Ooh, that's close. That was only off by one point. Home uh, against Cincinnati is minus nine. The Steelers actually do have one where they are minus ten. And that not would Arizona, be. Is that is not Arizona. That would be the game that I. Now appears to be that I am going uh, to Monday be attending... night football.
1: Monday night football, Miami. Oh yes, Monday night
2: <laughs> against Miami. Uh the reason it looks like I might Brian, thank you very much. I think that's you're the reason I'm going to be attending this game. Um, because uh I was talking to my father this weekend, who we haven't gone to a game together for a couple of years, because he told me, Yeah, I just I'm getting too old. I just don't think I'm gonna do it anymore. Um that uh just don't worry about it anymore. So I thought I was done going to games with my dad and then talking to him this weekend. He's like, you know what? I've never been to a Monday night game. He's That's like, "Do awesome. you think maybe I could go to that? And I'm like, uh, after reading Brian's article on father's day, absolutely. Yeah. I will go with my, I don't care if I get home at four 30 in the morning, I will go anytime I can with my father to a game. So right now I'm planning on going to that Miami game.
0: That's awesome.
2: Um, here's the last exercise with this. I want to do, um, I'm, I'll read these out for the podcast. I'm actually going to, send them to you guys here in the in the little chat thing that we have i'm going to give you the line of every game and what i want from you is i want a three game parlay bet Okay. Meaning, you've got you're going to pick the three games that you are the most confident in that they will that they will cover or whatever or whatever it is, and uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna write these down and, and see how we do. And who knows if I get a chance, I might even place the bet for you guys. Um, okay, can you, okay, so, so, back, so so what's uh, that, Jeff?
1: Hold on, uh, Brian, if you take your cursor over the screen, go to the top left <laughs> and it'll pop up on a sidebar. I just was letting oh, you guys yeah.
2: see these as I get, th- I'm going to read them for the podcast. So people have an idea. So that way you guys can, can mull f- this but, over we, a little we're bit. We're
1: taking, but we're taking the, with the spread. So yeah, with the spread. straight up. So we're taking with the spread. Gotcha. Okay. Go okay.
2: Ahead, um, so here we go. We have at new England, it is currently plus six home against Seattle minus three. At San Francisco is a pick'em. Home against Cincinnati, minus nine. Home against Baltimore, minus three. At the Chargers, plus four and a half. Then we have the bye week. Then home against Miami is a minus 10. Home against Indy is minus two and a half. Home against the Rams is a pick. At Cleveland is plus two and a half. At Cincinnati is minus three. Home against Cleveland is minus three and a half. Home against Buffalo, minus seven. At the Jets, minus one and a half. And there is no week 17, but I'm going to give it to you by my own calculations. Right now, it would be it would be a plus three. But let's not do that one because I couldn't go place that bet now if I wanted to. Um, as you guys are thinking, I just want to mo- note one more thing. Notice Cleveland, plus two and a half on the road, minus three and a half at home. That means they would have the Steelers... Minus 0.5 at a neutral site. So although they they say that, that Cleveland's going to win the division and win more games, individual game-wise, they do not have Cleveland as a better team than Pittsburgh.
1: In and there's a, there's a lot of three-game parlays I see here. Um, and
2: they don't have to be three in a row, just any three.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at three in a row. I'm looking at yeah. like Well the, we could do it
2: both uh, ways. We could do it both ways.
1: I'm looking at like the, the horse betting the trifecta where you gotta get them oh. one, two, three in a row. <laughs> um okay, Brian, what are your thoughts here? You're looking I, I I'm very peculiar with my them. So uh Brian, are you ready? Yeah. All right, go ahead. What's your three three game parlay?
0: I like Seattle at home for the home opener, minus three. I uh, I'll go ahead and take that. I know Seattle's a good team, but they They have a lot of young talent on that team. They don't have a wide receiver, wide receiving core. That is uh, really anything to worry about. So I would go with that. Indianapolis at home, minus two and a half. I think that's a game that they could go ahead and win as well. And then I'm going to go ahead and look at, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And and, uh, it's between Buffalo and the Jets. And uh, I'm going to go, even though it's on the road, I'm going to go at the Jets minus
1: 1.5. Okay. Um, I, I was looking at three games chunked together. Uh, so I'll give you some of the, uh, some of the ones that I thought. I, I like Brian Seattle, Seattle coming across the country, the Steelers opening up at home, uh, only giving three. I like that. Um, I would take uh, the Steelers to cover. I love the pick them at San Francisco. I know that they're on the West Coast, but I just think that the Steelers will be able to beat them at least by one point. They don't have to cover a spread. It's just a straight-up pick, so I would take the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then Cincinnati at home, minus nine, even though that spread is big. I like the Steelers at home. I think it's their first divisional game. Um, I think they could win that one. Another stretch that I liked was give me – Pittsburgh at Cleveland, plus 2.5 on Thursday Night Football. Give me them versus Cincinnati minus 3 in Cincinnati because we know how Roethlisberger plays in the state of Ohio. And then give me them Cleveland minus 3.5 at home at Heinz Field as well. If you don't like the Cleveland Thursday Night matchup, let's look at Cincinnati minus 3, Cleveland minus 3.5, Buffalo minus 7. I like that three-game stretch as well. It's tempting to say... Miami minus 10, Indy minus 2.5. Would you consider the bye week as a part of that, Dave, if I'm trying to get the three games straight?
2: Guys, I missed one in there. I just realized I have it here on my notes, but when I typed it up right as we were starting the show, I missed one. I skipped right over one. Between Cleveland and Buffalo, there's at Arizona that's minus 3.5, which is another good one, actually.
1: That is a good one. That's tasty. Uh, you wow. could do Cleveland, Arizona, minus 3.5. Yeah. Buffalo, minus 7 as well. I'm I mean, so
2: sorry that I missed that one. No, I didn't okay. read it out on the show either.
1: I'm not touching at the New York Jets, minus 1.5. I'm not touching the LA Rams, pick them, and that's not going to be pick them by the time they play the game. Um, and I'm really not interested in touching the LA Chargers, plus 4.5. No way. Just not interested in that i'm not interested in really baltimore either because we know how those games are you just they're spread killers you think you got them pinned down and they weasel their way into 10 more points and next you know they cover um i really do like that san francisco pick them and that's it before i get third to you dave and let you say what you think my goodness if you all are listening to this and you are of the you know gambling variety, whether it's FanDuel's Gamble, you know, they have a sports book now, or whether you're going to an actual casino and placing bets or just online, if you like these odds, get your money on them now because they're moving. And especially the early games, every injury, they talked about Tyreek Hill. Um, everything that happens, these are going to change. So if you're looking at this and saying, holy crap, San Francisco week three, at San Francisco is a pickup game, no spread involved. You might, Hey, you might want to jump on that and you might want to put some money down the Steelers to win. If you think that's what's going to happen. But Dave, what do you think?
2: Well, I, I kind of went a little bit of different route there with you. I kind of agreed a little bit with Brian. Um, I, I I did mine beforehand. I I picked it before you guys could have done it. I like the home against Indy at minus two and a half. I like that. That I think you know just a field goal win there, um, could do that one. I also like the at Cincinnati at minus three. That all they have to. Do is Is win by more than a field goal in Cincinnati the way they normally play Cincinnati better in their stadium. I'll take that one. And shockingly, I am going to take at the Jets at minus one and a half because I think that line is going to move big time in the Steelers' favor. I think by the time that that game comes around, that's going to be, you know, minus four and a half or higher. So I would want to – I'd want to act on that. I would be looking at these are things I want to act on now – before they they would move so much okay he, so those were the three here's, a,
1: here's a quick follow-up to this and it's easy for us because we have it in front of us which of these lines do you think is going to move the most but before they actually kick off the game you said the Jets I wouldn't be shocked Jets. if that one moves a ton Brian what do you think the Rams. you okay so you
0: think which
1: way do you think it's going to swing
0: I think it's going to swing—I mean, the Steelers will, even though they're at home in that game, they will not be favored.
1: They'll be getting points, okay? I could see the Buffalo line moving a lot. Um, You figure if they're they're not playing well, if they're almost out of contention that late in the season, that could be a double-digit point spread for the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Um, I could see the Chargers spread moving down a little bit. Going down to three and not four point five, just depending on how things go. So I love talking about this stuff. I could do an entire show on odds. Game- <laughs> I, I, I not, knew you
2: would. I told you I'm to not, look forward I'm to, to I'm it. I'm
1: a big gambler. I love like I, I love doing the daily fantasy. I'm not a sports book guy. I love talking about it. I love trying to predict the spreads because it makes it interesting. I was once a guy that won a, a pick'em league when the Peyton Manningless Colts went into New England. And I put uh, we, it was the way we wagered for this league. I put all my chips in on the Colts to cover a twenty-two and a half point spread, and they almost wow. won that. They almost won that game outright. They didn't even need the points. It was incredible. Um, I love this stuff. It's so much fun for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say one other one that jumps out at me is I still think that Miami one's kind of high. I agree. With um, you. I don't. I don't. I mean, I I think Miami might be better than Cincinnati, and yet they have Miami as the worst one. So, mm, yeah, who knows?
1: But seriously, if people were out there thinking about putting money on the Steelers, my gosh, some of these lines are really favorable.
2: Now is the time to do it when people were down on them. That's why I wanted to bring this up, because right
0: now the odds are ever in your favor. And you know what? Keep them down. Keep busting everybody. Maurice Jones, Drew, everybody keep busting on the Steelers. That's only going to band these guys together even more with a Mr. Chip on his shoulder, Ben Roethlisberger. That's what you want. I'm telling you, keep busting on these guys. Go put your money down, but don't put too much on them.
1: How much, uh, how many, how many of you guys are going to put money on the Steelers week one, getting six?
2: Mm-hmm. Week one, getting six. Hmm. That's not one I'd jump all over because that's the one that everyone's focused on. The, the way I, the way I look at it is it's funny because I try to convince my wife to, to let me do this. I want to, if I want to do sports betting, I want to, I want to bet line movement. I want to take a large wager. Like right now, let's look at, at the Jets minus one and a half. I think it's going to go the other way. So I, now on the Steelers, then if that line moves big time put the same bet on the Jets at like minus six and a half. And then that way, no matter what, I win one of them. And if they earn the range in the middle, I win them both. So I can't lose, I can only
0: win or tie. Guys, my yeah. smoke alarm just went off because my brain's sizzling after that. <laughs> <laughs> really, you haven't thought about ever doing that. Oh, so,
2: so rather than think about, like, rather than think about who's going to win and who, if they're going to cover, is which way the line will move. I've looked at this and just done it for fun for myself. I'm like, oh, I'd put my money on the Steelers right now because that line's going to move more in their favor, and then go and just see. And i and I'd say mm, probably. 75% of the time I would break even because it's not that you're going to lose, but then whenever, you know, but then when you win, it's a double win. That's just, that's the way I would do it. If I lived in Las Vegas and walked into a casino every day.
1: There you go. There you go. All right. Hey, good stacky segment. I like that. Um, I love talking odds and and we'll probably maybe revisit some of that stuff as the season gets closer and um, see how the lines have changed. That'll be worth noting. Uh, let's talk about now the final draft pick in the 2019 nfl draft we've been highlighting every player one a week and we're at number nine that's the university of maryland he's a terrapin and that's derwin gray now derwin gray that the title of the episode that I, I gave this was how derwin gray's versatility is going to help him solidify a spot on the on the 53 man roster now i uh, before people hear this and go, this is a seventh round pick how's the how in the heck is he going to make the team here's the thing I think that if Derwin Gray can prove that he's capable of both right tackle and left tackle, right guard and left guard, you'll have to talk to me. You'll have to convince me how he won't make the team, not how he will make the team. Because if you have a player that can play swing tackle and swing guard, in my opinion, he's almost invaluable. Zach Banner, big man, I don't think he can play guard. You know, chooks a four. Can he play guard? Gerald Hawkins, they tried him out of guard so far in offseason workouts. If this guy can prove worthy at all four positions, and that's not easy. I'm not saying it's a gimme. I think he makes a spot on the 53-man roster. Dave, you're our offensive line guru. You coached it when you were uh, coaching. Your thoughts on Derwin Gray, his versatility, and his shot at making this team?
2: I think he has a shot to earn his way onto the team. He's going to have to earn it. It's not going to be one of these, you know, to me, once you, once you get to about the fifth round is when these guys aren't guaranteed to, to have a spot. I think he would be a good practice squad guy. I think it's going to, there's a lot of factors here. You could look at it if things fall out, that the way that they do, that it could be um, him versus Banner. And it would be his versatility that would put him on in over top of him. But the other thing to look at it is if if something happens where Chooks wins the starting right tackle guard, then you've got that versatility with Filer as a backup, which you don't want to have to bank on him moving down to guard if he's already your starting tackle. Um, so it really depends on who wins that job. Um, to, to have another person, they, they've got to have someone other than B.J. Finney that can play guard if you're going to keep non-offensive linemen. So if he can do it, that really shoots his odds up of making the team. And then somebody uh, like like Banner is who, although I really like him, I think he's a beast, he's a monster. Um, the problem is that's a, that's a lot of guys trying to play tackle. So there's a path, but there's a lot of other factors than just his play that go into it.
1: What about you, uh, Brian? What do you think?
0: I think Gerald Hawkins is a uh, is one guy that uh, it depends how he does here. This is his uh, make or break year. Uh, he's been injured a lot. Um, he, if he gets out of camp, that might uh, be for Derwin Gray, and Derwin Gray would probably end up on the uh on the practice squad, but this guy, this guy is a very good blocker, especially a big run blocker. Um, he was on a line that had four different 100-yard rushers. They even had 444 yards in one game um, against Bowling Green, the 17th uh, um, best rushing attack in the country. So he's uh, he's a grinder. He's a he's a paver. Um, he could pro- if he has a good camp, they're gonna they're gonna seriously consider keeping this guy.
1: It's gonna be interesting. So yes, to he has a chance. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how this pans out in training camp because for me, I look at this and say, if they have all this potential to tackle, the tackle play in the National Football League is not tremendous. And so if Zach Banner has a great preseason, but they like what they have in Derwin Gray or you know, Chuke and um even Gerald Hawkins, maybe they could trade one of these guys and, and get a get a pick or get another player back, um, it just it, it, it all comes down to how they perform, obviously. But ultimately, I think that it's is a situation where right now they're loaded in depth at the tackle position, which is kind of laughable considering there's other positions where their cupboard is super, super bare. But nonetheless, it's a position that they covet. They take care of that position. And so we'll see if Derwin Gray makes the team. Now, real quick, rapid fire. Dave, gut instinct, Derwin Gray makes the team, yes or no?
2: Oh, that's so hard um, because we haven't really seen anything from him because in OTAs, you don't hear anything much about linemen. You don't hear much about defensive line because they're basically playing seven on seven. So we haven't seen anything. And he's a seventh round pick. I think there's a. I, I'm going to say no, just because I haven't seen him. But I, honestly, I think he's got a really good chance. He's just got to prove it.
1: All right, Brian, what about you? Did he make the team? Yes or no?
0: Yes, he's making this team, Jeff. Dave.
1: I am going to agree with Brian here. I think he does make the team. If he doesn't, I think they're going to try their best to get him on the practice squad. He's a player that would be great in that capacity. If you give him another, like a red shirt year type thing, but I think they want him on the actual team. So, all right, this is the time of the show where if you're in the live chat right now, we're going to take a few questions Uh, The gambling segment went a little bit long. That's not Dave's fault. That's my fault. I love talking about gambling. Um, So we're going to (laughs) take some questions at the end of the show before we get into our either or um and my either or is Steelers related and I think it'd be good for the live chat so if you have questions and you want them answered you can go ahead and fire them away in the live chat now if you didn't know and I say this at every single show that we're on you can use the super chat feature if you're chatting you know you have the little chat publicly the place where you type in your question on the right is a little dollar sign you can put in any amount of money I call it the tip jar. And all that money goes directly to the show. Obviously, uh, I've had people ask, well, what does that go? Where where does that money go? And it doesn't just go into thin air. It goes into an account. Once that account hits a threshold, we can then use that, um, obviously, for the show, for getting. We're going to do giveaways this year, more giveaways. We want to sell shirts. We might give away some shirts for free, stuff like that. That money's going to help with that. So, okay. After this show,
0: um, it's going to Vegas.
1: Now, <laughs> see, that's about <my> right <laughs> We're going to parlay that money into a difference. (laughs) That's
2: what I was going to say. Give me the parlay with that money.
1: (laughs) Okay. So Ron asks uh, the guys, what are your thoughts on the X factor on defense being Devin Bush? Brian, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah. You know, he he really is because he's the guy to come in and solidify the middle of the defense uh, takeover where, 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 Mr. Shazier left off prematurely. So yeah, I really think he is the X factor there.
1: Brian, I'm Dave. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say no, because
2: the, the, the whole reason it's set up is that if he has a rough rookie year, they brought in Mark Barron, who hopefully can get the job done, that If he does great, that's fantastic. But if he doesn't and if he struggles and has a little bit of of a learning curve, which I don't think he's going to, but if he does, they're still okay. So that's the one reason I wouldn't call him the X factor.
1: Okay. Uh, Someone asked, how do you think the defense is going to look this year? I'm going to change it up a little bit. And that is, here's the question. Um, Will the defense be a top five unit in 2019? Brian?
0: I'm thinking they're going to be a top ten unit, actually, but I not top, top
1: five. Not okay. So no, Dave.
0: So no.
2: There, I th- I think Brian's pretty much right on. I think they're going to flirt with that fifth spot, um, but the, I think they can get close to it. I don't. They could sneak into it. I don't know that they're going to come come on so strong that they're going to be like like two or three. Um, so I would that would be a good over under got to remember that one for for weeks to come of exactly where they are going to finish in total defense Um, I'll save that
1: Okay, I'm going to say they make it at number five top five Uh, they'll be fifth Uh, Snowman, this is a tough question everyone has a different thought on it but will Ryan Shazier ever play football again we'll go with Dave first
2: oh I'm not going to count him out. I don't think he's ever going to play football to the level that he was before the injury, but I'm not going to count him out that he could get to a point then even almost ceremoniously make it to where he could be on the field for special teams. But I am i don't know that he can come all the way back um, to, to where he was, but boy, I'm not going to bet against him. So I'm going to say,
0: sure. All right, Brian. My heart says yes. My head just says no because of the gravity of the injury. But here's the thing. We could not say that this guy, we could not poo-poo any of this, these guys, this guy's dreams. We got to let him, let him keep uh, reaching for that carrot and reaching for the stars. Because I mean, if anybody could do it, like Dave said, this guy can, if I'm thinking with my head now.
1: All I'm going to say is this. When he was injured in 2017 in December, the doctor said there's probably no chance that he'll ever be able to walk normally again. Now, if you've seen him walk, he does have, there's a little bit of a hitch in his gait still. And when I'm talking about the gait, it's obviously the way his feet move. Everyone has their own natural gait when they walk. Um, but he he's already, I mean, he, he doesn't share a lot. And I'm glad he doesn't because he shares the big stuff, the milestones, the jump boxes, the deadlifts. I think that he is going to get his body back to a point where if he wants to play, he can. It's just a matter of whether he wants to again. And he's married now. They have two young children. Uh, He might get to the point where he says, you know what? I feel like I got my body back to where I could. I'm able to live a normal life. But... I'm also not willing to put my body at harm. I'm going to leave that up to him. I'm going to say that no, he does not play again, but it's not because he's not capable. We'll put it that way. And that was from Snowmails of $5 in the tip jar. We appreciate that. Uh, Varus uh, has put another $1.99 in the tip jar. How do you think the defense will look this year? Just kind of answered that a little bit. We both said that all of us said top 10. Um, I said they'll be fifth. So I said top five. Um, I think that uh, here's a question. We'll spin this so that we give uh, Varus the money worth here. Sacks over or under the mark of 50 for this upcoming season. Brian, over or under 50 sacks.
2: We're going over. Dave. I'm going to say under because they have never done it three years in a row. <laughs> I knew you were going so to I'm say going to go. I'm going to go with 48.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to say under as well. But I think that that could mean that the defense is actually better. They don't want to sell out. I was reading an article today. I can't remember where it was, where it talked about how a conservative approach could actually be a better approach for the Steelers because they don't have to sell out to get to the quarterback. And it could actually mean that they're a better defense because of it. Isaac, he puts 10 bucks in the tip jar. He says, just donating. I love the show, guys. Got to rewatch what I missed. Thank you. As always, Isaac, we really appreciate that. Um, but he says he he does have a question it's just below that do you think that the steelers go back to its run run pass in terms of uh run on first down run on second down pass on third down and uh just really give teams hell on defense so let's talk about the first part of the question do you see the steelers going into 2019 with an offensive I guess searching for an offensive identity that is running the football early and downs, or do you think they're just going to be a um, see what the defense gives us and we're going to run the play according to that. Dave, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, that's generally a lot of times their formula, sometimes early on in a game. <sighs> each game, it really depends on their on their game plan. You can see what their game plan is in the first drive. If they think this is going to be a run-heavy game or a pass-heavy game, and you could you, their first three plays they run um, is tells you what, what they've studied and what they think. That's the key that you really want to look at every game. If you come out and you get two out of your first three plays or runs, then you know that's something they're going to want to try to do until they can't do it. If they come out, spread on the very first play, you know, they're just trying that they think the weakest thing they're going against is a pass. I think the key is balance and balance is not doing an even amount of both. Balance is being able to do either one based on the weakness of your opponent. So my thing is, I think that identity needs to be, let's find what they're the worst at and we're going to do that to them.
1: Did you put that in my think tank article this week? That was about balance. You probably didn't.
2: I don't. Even <laughs> know. I saw a think tank article. I'm like, I don't know what that was supposed to be.
1: <laughs> it's a think tank. You think tank. Everyone puts their thoughts together. It's a discussion article. I bring up a topic and people go in the comments and they, they discuss it. And that was one of it is, is offensive balance even a possibility in today's national football league was the topic of discussion. It was a really good discussion. That's like uh, some pure football discussion in his article. So you have to check that out. Brian, what do you think, though, about the uh, running versus pass uh, that Isaac brought up?
0: First of all, how do you follow Dave's answer on that one? It's like Ray Parker Jr. trying to go on after the Beatles play. I mean, that's I mean, that was a great answer. The only thing I have to say about that is they're going to run more but they're still going to they still have been they have a lot to prove with that wide receiving core they still have talent there they're going to uh maybe three or four percent more but it's not going to uh be overwhelming as far as uh just uh, a ground and pound
1: all right next question varus dollar 99 in the tip chart. do you think big ben wins mvp this year brian
0: big ben's never going to win the mvp This league will not let him. The sports writers will not let him. It's never going to happen. He is going to have an MVP caliber year, but nope.
1: All right, Dave. Dave.
0: Uh, I'm going.
2: Do you got me? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Um, I'm going with team MVP. No. League MVP. No, the league will never let him do it. Like Brian said, uh, Super Bowl MVP. I'll go with yes on that one.
1: I like the way Dave thinks this is a great yeah,
2: question. I like that.
1: Yeah. It's a great question to finish up our Q and a segment. And that is from source play at 65, which defensive player would make more of a difference by showing big improvement this year, Terrell Edmonds or Bud Dupree. That's a tough question. So, which if they make that's, that's a
2: great question. That is question. a fantastic question.
1: So, which which would obviously make the bigger impact if they take a huge step forward? Uh, Brian, you look like you're ready to go. Go ahead.
0: Wow, that is so good. I I really think it's uh, it's Bud, just because uh, this is that that contract year for him um the fact that he is really uh it all comes down to his performance this year so it's desperation time for bud i uh and i really if he has a great year that team on defense is going to have a great year as well if everybody stays healthy that that will be amazing if they can get what they can out of bud dupree um Terrell Edmonds, I think, is going to have a good year as well. I think he is going to improve. A lot of people have been down on him, but he still has a little more time. But Bud is in desperation mode.
2: What about you, Dave? I'm glad you asked Brian first. I was trying to remember, what was that name of that show they used to do on ESPN years ago where they were trying to, like, audition sportscasters? And the one thing is... No no matter no matter what the first person said, you had to disagree with the next thing. So I would just go take whatever answer Brian didn't say. So I'm gonna go with Edmonds. And here's my argument is that we, we, we saw in years past when they had Troy Palomalu how a pro, prolific safety can just change that defense. So if Edmunds, does, he doesn't even have to be Troy Palomalu but if he makes that big step to where you have that safety threat, you know, in in, in whichever way, whether it's Troy Palomalu-like, whether it's Ed Reed-like, whether it's um, Earl Thomas-like, just the, who are all three different players, um, just known as a defensive threat, I think that that could make more of an impact. Although I do really like the answer of Dupree because if you can imagine Dupree and Watt, Dupree really coming on with Watt on the other side, my goodness, teams are
0: in trouble. Plus, you know what? If I could jump on that real quick, then Jeff will have another duo to put in his article. On the uh, greatest outside linebackers in Pittsburgh Steeler history, whether it be Woodley and Harrison or whether it would be green and Lloyd, little quiver and quake. So I'm pimping you there, Jeff, but that'd be an extra one you could do. I'm just, I was on that one today. I read that. I'm just
1: glad that you actually read the articles on the site. I'm like, uh, you know, the other guy on the show
2: Uh, come on just because i saw that one i'm like i
1: don't
2: think that has anything to do with me i'm gonna skip this one
1: that has everything to do with you you're an analytical mind that's all they were talking about Where stats and it's great it's a great
2: i've got to to then go back and jump
1: in i've run two of those actually one was the um, one was position versatility how important is it and then also the second one was uh, the run pass balance on offense. So frankly
2: yeah. I'm offended that I wasn't the person who was asked to be the think tank. So I'm just letting it go.
1: Well, if I got enough <laughs> articles from you those
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's not air our dirty laundry here guys, all right? So um
0: <laughs> No, l- I'm quiet. <laughs> 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 I'm not <saying> the
1: <laughs> so I think that um, obviously I'm going to go with Edmonds based on what I said a few minutes ago, and that was that I think this year the the Steelers' defense won't have to be so reliant on sacking the quarterback. Not that that's a bad thing, but sometimes just getting pressure. And that's Lance and I talked about that on the Standard as a Standard a few episodes ago that sometimes it's just getting pressure on the quarterback, forcing an error and throw, and taking advantage of a, of a mistake. I think Edmonds could be more of a factor in that case. But I think either one of these guys, obviously, could really, really help their cause. Now, let's get into either or. And the reason I move right into this segment is because Brian just brought up my either or. I was going to reference the article that I wrote today, and that was uh, uh, something, uh, let's be honest, at this time of year, there's no news. So you have to create news. And I'm not one to sit there and just create stupid stuff. I'm going to create stuff that I think about all the time because I think about the Steelers all the time. And I think I was thinking today, uh, let's do a pick your poison series where you'd have two players or two groups and which was better and maybe which was worse. You know, maybe I'll do a, a championship game dud and Neil O'Donnell versus Cordell Stewart. Pick your poison. Both are bad for you, but you got to pick one. This one was good. It was when they went to a three four defense. 3 4 defense. I don't want to hear Jack Ham stuff. Nothing against Jack Ham, but he wasn't a 3 4 outside linebacker. The bookend outside linebackers said which was better. We had, as the quiver and quake, the Lloyd and Green of the 1990s Blitzberg defense. And then we had Lamar Woodley and James Harrison when it came to those mid 2000 defenses that won Super Bowl 43. Which was better? Because it, there's a lot of fine points. And I made I made it a point to say in the article that. You can't just rely on statistics because stats can be skewed in a number of ways to make your point, a, you know, valid. Uh, you can do the eye test. You can talk about longevity because Kevin Green was not with the Steelers that long. Uh, Greg Lloyd played longer but didn't have as many sacks as Green. So, if you had to choose one or the other, and I have not checked this article. Since it ran around 330, uh, to see the the poll that's in there. If one of you guys could pull that up, that'd be great and see what the voting was. But Brian, I want to start with you because you were the one that kind of brought this up earlier. So either or you're picking Green and Lloyd or you picking Woodley and Harrison.
0: Well, you know what? My favorite of the two would be Quiver and Quake. I just love Lloyd and I love Green. I love everything about that era and that time, but If you look at it and you look at a Super Bowl winning combo and how dominant these guys were, I've got to go with Debo and Woodley, Um, especially what Woodley did in the postseason with all those games with multiple sacks. That guy was just an absolute monster for them. Um, And then, you know, Debo being a defensive player of the year as well and that 16-sack season, I just don't think that could be overlooked. So that's why I'm going with uh, 92. And, uh, great, I forgot his number already. 56. Um, 56. 56, And I have that jersey, but 56. (laughs) All right,
2: Dave, what do you think? I think when I turn my Wi-Fi off on my phone to get better connection with my computer, I can't bring up the website to see the results of this poll. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm going with, I just said, I watched the 95 bears game last night in the middle of the night. So that is fresh in my mind. So it's not really a fair question. So I have to go with green and Lloyd after, after having a refresher of that from last night, that was just, it was just, they, they instilled so much fear in everything going on. And then, I mean, you, you add Kirkland in the middle. That was just, that was something.
1: Okay. Before we get into this, can someone please tell me, like, why is the Steelers fan base, why did they hate on Lamar Woodley so much? He got the big contract. Don't blame him. That's not his fault. And then he had the hamstring issues that ended up leading to his demise in Pittsburgh. But, man, you talk about Lamar Woodley amongst Steelers fans, and people get really angry. And they're like, oh, my gosh, well, I hate Lamar Woodley. Why? Uh, I didn't think he was that bad. Guys, anyone want to chime in on this and, and let me know <laughs> why? Steelers fans don't like Lamar Woodley.
2: I know what I would say. Oh, go go ahead, Brian. I'll let you answer. No, no, you're you're good. You're good. I was going to say some people felt like once he got his contract. He wasn't putting forth the off-season efforts to keep his body in the shape it should be to give the best effort for the team. That was a common sense, you know, thing with it with a lot of of the fan base that they didn't feel like he was giving. That they saw what he could do, and then he got his contract, and they felt like he
0: didn't put in the effort in order to live up to it.
1: Okay, I, I get that, Brian. You agree? Disagree?
0: I think he got hurt and they resented resented that and a lot of uh a lot of our fans don't look at the uh don't look at the person but they look at the player and they look at results and they don't look at anything behind it. So um yeah, it's it's just that.
1: Well, you know, it's um some people in live chat are saying that Woodley took plays off, they felt that he wasn't in good shape. Um I get all that. Still I am going to go with Woodley and Harrison because I felt that when both were on their A game, you really couldn't you couldn't stop both of them. Um, I, I think back to the the big plays made against the Ravens at times, and James Harrison when he was I mean when he was Defensive Player of the Year he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable, and I felt like when that he was a, he was more unstoppable than Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd ever were. And that says a lot because those two players were great. But if I have to pick one, give me Lamar Woodley and give me Debo back in their prime when they're wreaking havoc. That's who I'll take there. So that was my uh, either or. For the for the week was I was just going to take that article and I thought I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it and I'm glad we kind of all disagree a little bit we all had different viewpoints. Um, as as of right now, sixty six percent of the people that voted, which we had just over five hundred votes, like I said, it ran this afternoon. Um, they agreed with Dave, say it's Green and Lloyd, sixty six percent over thirty four percent for Lamar Woodley and James Harrison. And so that's that's interesting that that's the way that it kind of unfolded because a lot of times the more current players are the ones that win those polls. But that's my either or. Uh, Dave, I guess we'll go with you for your either or of the night.
2: All right. We are getting into the vacation seasoning. And I don't know about you all, but when I go on vacation, um, there's just times where sometimes we're just looking to do something special uh, with the family on a day while we're enjoying stuff at other places. So I'm going to ask you this. You're going to have a choice of three. If you're going out for a good, fun activity while you're out on vacation, are you hitting up the mini golf course? Are you going for the laser tag? Or are you headed to the go-kart track?
1: Um, I, you know where I'm going. I mean, it, my, my family is a family of golfers. Uh, we're going to the putt-putt course. It is extremely cutthroat um, between my brother and my dad, if we all go. Now, recently, it's just been my dad and the kids. And so my dad and I will play left-handed and uh, just to make it fun and and different. And the women hate it. But we go putt-putting.
0: What about you, Brian? Oh, I'm going laser tag, and I'm going to just uh, shoot them all. I mean, if it's (laughs) one of my family members, they're on my team. I'm just going. I'm That laser, they're done. I have a... Oh, wow. I could just see me now.
1: <laughs> what about you, Dave?
0: <laughs> well, it,
2: it had to change on me because it used to be I was all about the go-karts because, man, I I love the drive. I love the race. I know I'm a big guy, so you would think um, I would be really hold, holding the thing back. But really, no one could catch me. I I could I could get that that machine to do exactly what I wanted to do. But uh, when we we're out racing on a figure eight track, you know not where it crosses where there's a bridge and a tunnel um, and, and you're going around. and th- sometimes it, it, it's tough to make the pass. You, you realize you've got to stick to the outside lane, but just because it's where you where you are to get around the person, but if you can get that run right off the corner from the outside lane, you can be up there and you can get that into lane on the turn to make the pass. And I had two different, I should say younger family members that uh, they they couldn't drive very well and and said it was my fault because i would pull that move and I would be up within oh I'd be more than a half a car length up up on them and then all of a sudden they're like oh he's coming and they try to swerve to the inside when I'm already there they get spun out and oh uncle dave spun me out on the track so i was told by my <laughs> sister i was making it no fun so i've decided to hang up the go karts for a while so uh i'm really a laser tag guy because when when my son with a birthday party last year he wanted to do laser tag and i looked into how much it would be to rent equipment uh, it was cheaper. I went out, I've, I've got 12 sets, of my own laser tag. So if you guys ever want to wow. have a btSC laser tag, I even have some blinds that I made if, if I'm ever outside that, uh, I can do my own laser X laser tag that uh, you can do teams. You can do individual. Uh, we run around my house like crazy doing it until I get injured. Uh, and I have been twice running up and down steps doing laser tag within my house. But, uh, I'm with Brian. I really like the laser tag.
1: All right. There you go. No one else is putting with me. That's fine. I don't want you all there anyways. Brian, what's your, what's <laughs> well, your, either it's or?
2: hard to putt putt with the kids. I mean, Not I, I remember
1: golfers like my kids, they love it.
2: Well, my, my son's a golfer. My daughter's not. I remember she makes the simple move of she goes up and hits the ball. I mean, and she's older than my son. She doesn't wait for it to stop and hits it again and hits it again and takes about six shots, knocks it in the cup, and then turns to me in her best Batman voice and says, first try.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to check out the live chat. Isaac just put five bucks in the tip jar, saying that Dave's looking like Bowser on a go-kart from Mario. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, that's my icon on our Nintendo Switch <laughs> is Bowser, but really a Mario Kart. You don't want to mess with me in Mario Kart either. I'm just as vicious there. Wario's the guy to go with that He's
1: one. He's throwing shells out there at his young oh, yeah, nieces man. and nephews.
2: <laughs> that's a
0: good well, one, I like it. If that's the case, then then vodka owes me five bucks just for saying earlier in the show that I look like the creepy televangelist from uh, the movie The Mechanic. So I think we should get five bucks from him for throwing that out there. If we're gonna get Bowser from Mario <laughs> Kart.
1: All right, Brian, go <laughs> ahead. What's your either word tonight?
0: All right, so it's a Steeler one, oh. but it's it's Steeler wear. So you're going to get a novelty Steeler T-shirt from the uh, past 20 years or so and uh you're gonna get a fun one it's uh one that they sold outside of uh outside of the stadium a lot so you were your choice of three and one would be greg lloyd he's back i'm not hi- i wasn't hired for my disposition the famous greg lloyd shirt the one bad malafala t-shirt or the where was Ray Lewis when Joey Porter got shot t shirt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick one? <laughs> you have to pick one. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with um one bad ma follow. Um I just thought that you know foo was awesome. Uh it's a shirt that's kind of it got I feel like, you know, I have a shirt right now. I, I only wear it when they get in the playoffs. It's a from the two thousand and five playoff season, it says Believers. And, I have that B E L E E V E R S. And I get so sick and tired of hearing people say they spelled it wrong. And I'm like, no, it's because the Steelers and to shut up already. Uh, I feel like, you know, I wasn't hired for my disposition. People are like, is that a football shirt? Um, the Ray Lewis one. I get that. That's funny, but I'm going to go with bad. One bad uh, ma because I always loved Fu. I love when everyone could say Chris fumatu Matu mafala. It was just great. So that's what I think. What about you, Brian? The Dave, whatever.
2: How many times are you gonna do that this show? Um, <laughs> uh, you summed it up perfectly. I agree. The mile
0: follow.
1: All right. What about you there, uh, Brian?
0: I wasn't hired for my disposition, boys. I, I, I knew that's I'm where that on go. The, Oh yeah, you it. I'll go sleeveless and and uh, you know my. Uh, my clothes have always been uh, the subject of, uh, of talk and especially tonight because somebody called my shirt my 1979 family shirt fugly. and which I haven't heard that word for a long time but <laughs> but no I love I love the Greg Lloyd shirt I actually uh, would like to get that signed uh, get uh, just the 8 by ten of him wearing that t-shirt signed i thought that summed up the player more than anything and i would i would rock that shirt guys
1: yeah that's a good one it is a good there's all three good ones uh but I, I yeah it's all great so there you have it that's our show the studios preview we're done with our 2019 nfl draft preview i don't know what we're going to do um we'll figure something out we're going to do something. We're, not, We're taking the pot and going to Vegas, baby. <laughs> so, but anyone that participated in the live chat today, I apologize for any issues we had technically. Hopefully that sound kept going. Um, if not, we'll try to rectify that in the future. It's the first time it's happened this this offseason. So uh, if you're a part of that, obviously we appreciate it. But nat- naturally, if you don't follow us on YouTube, find us, BTSC Steelers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brian is really distracting me Ptsc <laughs> steelers radio and then obviously anywhere you download your podcast you can find us just search standard of the standard steelers wherever and behind the steel should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers related we'll see you next
0: week on another episode of the steelers preview